I'm Chris Ronzio, and this is Process Makes Perfect Daily. Welcome to today's episode. This is your daily dose of the Process Makes Perfect podcast by Trainual. Let's get into it. The Arizona Commerce Authority put on a six-week small business boot camp where Chris Ronzio was featured on one of their daily sessions. He presented on the topic of scaling back up your business post-COVID-19. In the following audio segment, you will hear Chris explain the concept of your biggest asset is the work you already have done, building a repeatable process, and knowing when to outsource or hire help. All right, number three. Your biggest asset is the work you've already done. Another story. So this is me literally on Friday, um, looking like a dork on this Segway that I got, which I pulled over to my desk. So I'll show you it in real life. So it's (laughs) it's super heavy. I don't know if you've crashed it. I've never, uh, I don't know if you've used one of those before. You can comment in the comments if you want in the chat. Um, so fun. And I've wanted one of these things for like, I don't know, five years. And so the last couple months, I realized that I was accruing all these Amex points because I usually travel a lot. And that's what I spend my Amex points on is to travel. Now I'm not traveling. So all of a sudden I've got this big bank of points and it was like a bank account that I totally forgot about. Like I wasn't even thinking about it. And so one day when I'm scrolling through my Amex app, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got all these resources from my purchases in the past, from things I've done in the past that I wasn't even thinking about. How can I cash in on that? And so for me, it was buying a Segway. But for you, the real thing I'm talking about here is all of your past client work, all of your past customers. Because the thing that you can produce from that resource that you already have is testimonials and reviews and stuff that makes it easier to get business today. So back when I was consulting, I, after every consulting engagement, would email the person and, you know, send them their final report. And they would every time be like, thanks so much. This was amazing. I loved working with you. This is great. And I would say, I love getting this by email, but I'd really appreciate if you could put that into a LinkedIn recommendation. Do you mind if I send you one? And every time they were like, yeah, of course. And so I would send a request and I would get just all these LinkedIn recommendations. This is a screenshot I had from a while ago, but the LinkedIn recommendations, you know, first they're great on LinkedIn if, if that's a good place for you to get business. But then I took that and repurposed it and I turned it into this PDF that you can see on the right here that I would send to every new person I was working with. So every new proposal or every new intro that I got, I led with the testimonials. If they weren't introduced from someone I had already worked with, I said, hey, before we get into this, I want you to just read through these and see if this makes sense for your business based on the results I produce for them because that's what I do. If it doesn't feel like it's in alignment with you, like let's just not even talk. And so subliminally, it's like letting my past customers do the selling for my new customers. And this is a a asset for your business if you haven't taken advantage of it. Now is the time to ask. People want to be helpful. So if you're not asking for money, you're asking for reviews, you're asking for Yelp reviews, you're asking for Google reviews, this stuff is free. People can do this to help you right now. There is no excuse not to ask for this or to look back and collect all the ones that you've gotten and produce something with it that you can go uh, use going forward. 
So some of the ways we've used it going forward at Trainual, like we got these testimonials that people were just organically posting on Twitter. And so we snapshotted these testimonials. We just put, you know, screenshotted them from, from the Twitter app and we turned them into Instagram story ads and LinkedIn ads and, uh, and Twitter ads. And because it's native, you see it, you recognize that as a tweet, you see that this is not us talking about us. This is customers talking about us and you believe it more. And so this is one currently, as of today, one of our highest performing ads over the last two months because we're just screenshotting reviews. We're just screenshotting testimonials and we're not doing anything to this other than we like the middle slide or the last slide there, we threw a screenshot and some of the awards we had won, but just the, 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 the idea of seeing someone else's words in a tweet form or in a Facebook post form or in an email, like I had someone email me about two months ago about how they were using this downtime to really button up their processes. I screenshotted the Gmail the, the, the whole email from Gmail, screenshot it. We ran it as a Facebook ad and people are like, oh, I'm reading somebody's email. Like, this is interesting. What is that? They read through it. They understand the testimonial. They're more likely to click through and see what we're all about. So think about all of your customers in the past as an asset that maybe you're not tapping into. And then the last thing we've done with this feedback is we produced case studies. We produced video ads. So we went to some of our top customers and sent a camera crew out. And this was, of course, be before COVID. But right now, everybody can just send you a clip of recording themselves on their webcam or their phone. And you can put that stuff to work. You can make a simple case study on your website. You can clip together a simple ad using free iMovie tools or have a friend of yours do it. This is the stuff people are interested in right now because as a community, we're banding together to try to get through this. And if someone sees that their friend is recommending you, they're going to comment on it. They're going to tag that person. They're going to say, so cool, saw you on this post. And now you've got a broader audience that's getting exposed to your business. So this is viral kind of stuff that just really helps proliferate the good work that you're already doing. So don't forget about that bank account of customer reviews that you've got. All right, number four, build a repeatable process. So part of restructuring your business and analyzing your new products and services and going back to customers and figuring out the best job you did for everyone is how do I fine tune the thing that I wanna scale around? Like how do I make this so that as the market picks up, as demand picks up, I cannot just do this once a day. I can do it a thousand times a day. I can actually build an organization around this. And to do that, you need a repeatable process. So back to my video days, <laughs> when I first got started in video production, I literally did anything, like anything that would require a camera. I did weddings like this one. This was my English teacher in high school. So I did weddings. I did mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs. I did um, like grandpa's 80th birthday party. I did Sweet 16, quinceañeras, like any kind of party. I did video montages. I did music videos. I did corporate videos. I did commercials. Like if it required a camera, I was like, yep, sign me up. But like I said, that's not a great way to scale your business, not from a niche standpoint, not from a focus standpoint, but also not from a process standpoint. Because the problem is when you do so many different things, you're customizing it every single time. Your process changes every single time. And if your process is gonna change for every single project, you can't possibly scale what you're doing. So contrast that 
with the figure skating events that we started to do when I was in college. Now, you can see this. This is an arena full of people that we're getting set up before the event. But we would do these events that were like a synchronized figure skating championship with 3,000 participants and 15,000 people in the audience or 20,000 people in the audience. And we'd sell thousands and thousands of DVDs of the exact same performance, the exact same event. That was a repeatable process. And that was something that we could set up our cameras, plug in our cables, plug in the DVD machines, put out our sales forms and do that over and over and over again, hundreds of times in every state in the country, which is what we ended up doing. And so think about the services that you're offering. Is there a repeatable process? Or are you doing it custom every time? Because largely, custom doesn't scale. Custom is really hard to scale. Now, there's some things that can be customized and scale. Customized can, st- can scale, but it's customized with a very standardized process. So you all know Cold Stone. You've probably all been there. You know, they have a very custom, customizable offering, but their process for delivering that is the same every time. You walk in the line, you order off the board, the person makes, you know, mixes in your toppings, you pay by weight or what size of the cup or whatever it is, and you're out the door. Like that is a standard process. And so thinking about your business, you can still introduce customizable elements as long as your process is standardized. So have a repeatable process. And the, the thing you're trying to get out of this is just the sequence. It's, it's how you do what you do. And if you feel like you've got a pretty good process, then the next thing to do is to write it down. So of course, that's what our system does. But really, it's as simple as getting some people in a room, socially distanced or in a Zoom call like this, and putting post-it notes in order and saying, we do this, then we do this, then we do this, then we do this. Get it written down, even if it's post-it notes and a photo from your cell phone, because you need to know a repeatable process for how you do that thing if you ever want to stop doing the thing. And so that's the last part of this portion here. When I started the business, even with the figure skating events, I was behind the camera. I was doing all the camera work. But by creating the process and saying, this is how we set up the cameras. This is how we record the video. This is how we name the files. This is how we sell the videos. This is how we deliver the videos. It allowed me to rise above doing the camera work every time. And it allowed me to hire the camera operator. And that's, I think, the ultimate goal. If you're trying to scale a business, it's not that you're trying to create a new job for yourself that you get really busy doing. It's that you create a job that someone else could do. Whether you want them to or not, if you want your business to survive and you want it to survive as an income stream for you, then you need someone else to be able to do that. Like if anything were to happen to you, if you get sick, someone else has to be able to do it. So think of this image of me getting away from the camera or you getting out of your doing what you do by having a process. All right, number five, this is the last one. Knowing when to outsource versus hire. So take some time, kind of orient to this, but at the very top, this upside down pyramid, it really just starts with you. And if you're a, you know, a startup or a small business of one person, then maybe it's just you today. And you have a finite amount of capacity, whether you're working 40, 50, 100 hours a week, there's only so much you can do. And then there's like the point of diminishing returns where you don't sleep and you go crazy, right? So it starts with just you. And so part of funneling down this this journey here is adding capacity to yourself so that what you do gets a little bit more narrow. 
And so the next step after it's just you is that you hire, uh, like I did, a non-dedicated virtual assistant. So a non-dedicated VA is someone that's not just working for you. That means that they're a pool of labor. And there's a lot of services like this. If you just Google non-dedicated VA, the one I use was called Fancy Hands, if, uh, if it's still out there. But it's a pool of people, thousands of people that are just waiting to pick up a job on demand. Again, it goes with that on-demand trend. So there's going to be more and more of these services. It means that you've got a task that you need accomplished. And rather than making just the burden on yourself and you doing everything, you put the task into the universe and you say, can someone else please do this for me? I'm willing to pay 10 bucks or 20 bucks or 30 bucks. That is a non-dedicated virtual assistant because what it's doing is it's freeing up a little bit of capacity for you so that you can pass off tasks that might be time consuming, but you know, skill set wise, something that you don't need to be wasting a lot of time doing. And what you do with that extra capacity, say it frees up two hours a week, is you take on more of the hard work, more of the high revenue work in your business that really pushes things ahead. So you don't just pay for that capacity, make sure you leverage that capacity. The next step here is you plus a dedicated VA. So this is someone who works exclusively with you, or it might not be full-time exclusively with you, but it means that you've got one point of contact. You're not throwing your task into a pool and you don't know which one of the thousand people are going to do it. You start to build some rapport with someone and they get better at doing the tasks that you need them to do because they start to learn your preferences. So this costs a little bit more money, but you get a little bit better result. And again, the point is it's taking more off your plate. Then once you've maxed out your dedicated VA, maybe you need a part-time person. So especially if you're in a retail or in-person kind of business, you might need some physical local labor. You might need someone on your team locally to help you. And you can start off part-time, post something on Craigslist, post something on Facebook, just say, I'm looking for this many hours a week for this dollar amount. Because again, if you can pay someone else 10 bucks an hour or 12 or 14 or whatever minimum wage is right now, if you can pay that and it means that it frees you up to do 20 or 25 or $50 an hour work, that's a win-win for the business. But then again, your job is to leverage that extra capacity so that you can now raise the bar on what the business produces. And then finally, it's you plus full-time. And for anyone that's listening, if you don't have a full-time person in your business yet, know that that is a major milestone that you hit, a major success, like kudos to you, pat on the back, because most people never make it to where they've got a full-time person working for them. Beyond that, you add full-time people. And that's what all these other triangles are. You know, your, your journey as a leader in the business might be to narrow your focus down to the point where you can do a specific role and you can hand off other roles. And the more people that you bring on in the business is the more responsibilities that you're handing off and the more elevated you're getting in the company. So this is just, it's a simple graphic, but it really showcases how you kind of transcend through the business. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Process Makes Perfect Daily. We're releasing these mini episodes every Monday through Thursday and be sure to catch our full length episodes every Friday. Tons more content, including video versions of everything over on YouTube at Chris Ronzio. And be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn and Instagram. I'd love to hear from you.